0: You've been kind of talking about your process but your process as a designer you know how has it changed are you are you looking to these services to give you like a first pass are you you know are, are you still believe it's in the caveman stage where it's not really ready for you i think of ai
1: now as a broken swiss army knife so instead of all the tools being collected into one unit imagine if you broke open a swiss army knife and just threw all the tools the screwdrivers over there the saws over there the little magnifying glass it's all these tools and so All of us are kind of exploring ways to put our own little Swiss Army knives together. You know, there's no formal approach to this. Everyone's making it up as they go along. And so it's about, you know, finding the tools that work best for me, and then I'll share that with a colleague. They might share what they've learned with me. All those ongoing conversations are, oh my God, look at this thing I just did, or look what I just figured out.
0: What do you think staffing looks like in a creative department in five years, 10 years? You know, are we going to see... A huge reduction in force? Or are we going to see more generalists, you think? I I don't know. I'm not sure. The hunger for stuff
1: doesn't end. (laughs) It seems to be growing, you know? Of course. The need for content is never ending. And so I I don't think it's like people's jobs are going to go away. The people that aren't engaging with AI are going to really struggle, go five years down the road,
0: and there's no room for somebody who has not embraced these tools. What are your hopes for the future of advertising and AI, more yeah. adoption. Do we
1: new see? storytelling formats, mm. new mm. storytelling, new ways yeah. to tell stories that we hadn't thought of. New twists on telling stories. There's a guy named Brian Carney. He's got a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel called Shorts by Brian. I think you know, podcast has become a new way for us to consume. Sure. Sort of new. It's you know almost twenty years old now, but we consume more hours of podcasts and a lot of other entertainment. Well, what Brian has done is he's written fake podcasts. Mm. Uh, like, you know, you'll have the, the guy who worked at Area 51, and he's talking to Joe Rogan about all the crazy stuff he saw. Sure.
0: Hello and welcome to Loud and Clear, the Lerma podcast for people who give a shit about advertising. This is not your normal voice. You're not getting Poncho today. You're getting Matt Villanueva. Brought in here to kind of guest host for an episode. Had a lot of fun on our last talk and talking to the folks here. We wanted to continue the conversation about AI. And if you listen to our last episode... Then you realize that I talked about it from the copy side and we thought it might be a great idea to attack it from the design side. So we've pulled in longtime agency veteran, creative director, award-winning, badass, principal, Brian Lindner, here from Lerma. Hey, thanks, Matt. How's it going, man? It's going really good. Man, I'm so excited to talk to you. We've been kind of talking back and forth about AI anyway, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a great opportunity for us to sit down and get some of our thoughts on tape it's probably not tape anymore is it? it's more metaphorical tape. metaphorical tape yeah, yeah. We, can, we can use metaphors yeah and we'll splice it together we'll, splice we'll get the splicer out right. and, and mm-hmm. cut it all together for us later but i'm so glad you're joining us here brian glad to be here let's talk some ai man mm-hmm. i i know you guys here at lerma are doing a lot both on the research side and making sure to stay ahead of the trends and and uh finding solutions for your clients um You know, as an outsider, as a person who doesn't work here at Lerma, I'd love to hear about how you guys are kind of tackling some of that stuff. At Lerma, there's
1: always a push to innovate. There's always you know, a spirit of of how can we adopt new tools into how we operate to make us more efficient, to make us better, to make the work better. And so there's a lot of independent development kind of happening where the media team is exploring how AI can help them. You have things like Fathom, which is a note-taking app that calls into Teams to automatically generate notes. We're, we're seeing Fathom pop up in all of our Teams meetings. You know, ChatGPT, I, I probably use it like a caveman, but I use it like a very pointed search sort of tool. Oh yeah. And it's it's kind of like this magic box that everyone's finding ways to use it that suits them. Yeah. Um, so there's no formalized edict, but it's just everybody is exploring and, and creating. Ways to make AI
0: part of their yeah. of their workflow. As you talk about ChatGPT, I think one of the greatest uh, quotes I, I heard, which I would botch it if I told you. So I'm gonna give you the the, the thought of the quote, yeah. which is, you know, about not using ChatGPT to give you the answers, mm-hmm. but to help you think. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you feed it audience data, versus hey, write me 20 headlines. Yeah. You know, you can take that information. Almost like a, an extra strategist, you know, yeah. another strategist thought to kind of put those thoughts together. Um, yeah, in, in the old days, uh, you know, what makes an art director special
1: is the, the Rolodex of their brain of styles and mm. artists mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. And chatGBT is a great tool to kind of re-explore those things. And if I'm doing a music search, like there's a vibe of music I want. My brain might not be able to instantly think of a 1972 deep cut that everybody knows but is forgotten. That's perfect for a particular spot. I could go into chat GPT and I'll ask it like, I want a song that's about, you know, people loving each other that is classic and it'll pull up and like, let's go even deeper than that. Okay, let's try it with the jazz. Is there anything in the rock uh, category? Yeah. And then you start pushing it. and. And it can sort of help me find, oh, that track. I totally That's forgot about for. that. Yeah. yeah. It's so much more effective than search. Or something stupid simple like, I wanted to know how many college football games are played. You know, just to writing to, <laughs> yeah, a pitch. And part of that was like, well, how many college football games are played in a season? Ask chat TPT is way faster than asking Google. On the art direction side, working with Mid Journey, figuring mm-hmm. out ways to play with type, play with color. To create images and control in a controlled way is what I've been really focused on these days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess that's 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 a great segue into something I wanted to ask you about is, you know, you've been kind of talking about your process, but your process as a designer, you know, how has it changed? Are you are you looking to these services to give you like a first pass? Are you you know are, are you still believe it's in the caveman stage where it's not really ready for you i think of ai now as a broken swiss army knife so instead
1: of all the tools being collected into one unit imagine if you broke open a swiss army knife and just threw all the tools the screwdrivers over there the saws over there the little magnifying glass it's all these tools and so all of us are kind of exploring ways to put our own little swiss army knives together you know there's no formal approach to this. Everyone's making it up as they Everybody's go working wrong. on it. Yeah. And so it's about, you know, finding the tools that work best for me and then I'll share that with a colleague. They might share with their, you know, what they've learned with me. All those ongoing conversations are, oh my God, look at this thing I just did, or look what mm-hmm. I just figured out. Like right now, I'm really focused on figuring out how to create consistent characters in mid-journey using the preference option set, which is really great. Or preferred option set. Mm-hmm. And, and it is tricky, but you start zooming in and, okay, so now I can have this character. Yeah. We're still having the ideas on our own. Of course. But then thinking about using MidJourney as a way to rapidly prototype. Yeah. You know, over the course of my career and, and speaking with a lot of, you know, mentors that I had in the past that preceded my time in advertising, it used to be you'd share a script and have like one frame on an easel mm. that you'd share. And that's all you needed. Oh, yeah. And the capacity for abstraction on the client side was really strong that's kind of gone away, you know, Mm -hmm. and and you need to oftentimes spoon feed the visuals and the experience because it's like, well, what's it going to look like? And so, you know, a lot of these tools are about giving us a really quick way to illuminate the visuals and illuminate the idea as much as possible so that there's there's not, I call it closing the imagination gap, if you will. (laughs) AI is a tool that really helps us in the presentation stage to kind of close that. In the old days... I know a year ago, a single pitch deck could take hundreds of hours hundreds. for a team to put together all that, you know, all that work. And, and now it's tens of hours, yep. you know, instead. Yep. And so there's, there's a remarkable shift where I call it dumb work, you know, selecting out an image, selecting a subject oh, with yes. the marquee tool. That's dumb yep. work. Do you really need to be doing that? You know, Absolutely. Um, or scouring through a bunch of Google articles reading a bunch of different stuff that, that's brought to me by search you know, to, to find an answer to something. To find something simple that's yeah.
0: an ancillary. And you have fat, to read five <laughs> articles to get
1: the one fact that you're looking mm-hmm. for. Well that's dumb work. You know, yeah. now, now AI helps hone in on those
0: facts that you're looking for a lot quicker. I think that's kind of interesting as you talk about some of these projects and things you know some of this work that it's more just that churn, right? The stuff you have to do, the, the meat and potatoes sometimes. A lot of the times that stuff goes to some of the juniors on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think, you know, for a junior coming in, mm-hmm. when we talk about AI, do you, like, what advice, I guess, would you give them coming in? Watch yeah. tutorials. Stay on top. Of um, yeah,
1: probably better <clears throat> advice for someone who has 20 plus years is don't stop learning. It's yeah. a lot more of a challenge to get yourself in that mindset the further along in your career you get. I see the juniors on our team embracing a lot of this stuff
0: so readily and they're so smart and they're exploring so many things and teaching me so many things. Of course. And it pushes me to do the same. From the client side Mm -hmm. or going to clients, do you think it's changing the work? Do you think it's making the work better? Do you think it's making the work worse? Do you think it's more about rapid prototyping like you talked about? It's
1: making the work better because when you're not doing dumb work, you're doing smart work. For Mm -hmm. me, smart work is having the ideas, refining it. What is Mm -hmm. the message? What's the exact style we should take? You because you're not spending so much time just trying to get the idea visualized, you could spend more time on the idea. And if you have to pivot, like let's say you're working towards a new business pitch and it's two days before the pitch and all of a sudden you have a realization that changes, you know, a whole direction. Brian, that's never happened. That's never it's ever amazing. happened in this industry. I no. don't know what you're talking about. You know, we hope that once you like your ideas, you're locked and let's go. And, and in the past, you're two days out from a pitch. You have a new idea. You have a big change. Well, that's mm-hmm. a couple of all-nighters, a lot of people, all hands on deck situation. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't have to be like that. You know, now you, you don't have to have this balance of like, this new idea is really awesome, but do we have enough time to really let really get it shine it done and do it right? Yeah. Or are we gonna be kind of bringing in something that doesn't do the idea justice because of time? And so
0: I see that as a as a, as a wonderful, wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah, something I was kind of talking about last time, and I was gonna get your two cents on it, was this idea that even as folks are coming in from school, or you know, even mid-level, junior, they need to be more like a creative director because now mm-hmm. they have access to these tools that can create content and mm-hmm. imagery that it's that that skill you learn as a creative director to be just not decisive necessarily mm-hmm. but know your taste know yeah. your preference know yeah. what's right yeah and uh i you know i think have you seen anything like that where uh, some of the you know younger folks are are, are finding that because i'm sure you've worked with many juniors before in the past where you mm-hmm. ask them for the best one headline and they give you 500. And that's the
1: best part about the job working with smart oh yeah young energetic absolutely people that's the energy right mm-hmm. there we're all in it together, you know what I mean? We're all learning this stuff as we go. I, a lot of my downtime this year especially has just been like hardcore going into and doing stuff in AI. and If you're gonna learn something, don't just watch the tutorials, have a vision of what you wanna create with AI and then start learning how to do that, you know? What the younger generation brings to the party is a fluidity with modern content. The content evolves so quickly, what what content is doing, what we consider a good ad evolves all the time, you know? it's. For every one awesome sixty second spot, you're gonna have six, thousand little social posts out there. and And the content demands have become so intense that we really we couldn't do it if it wasn't for AI now, right? You really couldn't. you know right. there's for a client that once has a really aggressive organic social post schedule, and you're not gonna even a content team you know that you have might have in house can't go out and capture all can't that stuff it. at that speed. Especially for, you know, when you you don't don't have have a big budget, you you don't have a big budget. And so, yeah, we find ourselves using AI legit to create. We can't hire a food shooter, but man, AI mid-journey can kill it with some wonderful food stuff. And Mm so you have a cool idea, you bring it in, you Photoshop a little bit to make it perfect. And you could do it in a day. You can have 10 organic social posts and then you go back and forth and refine it, try other things. I think that's something we've seen
0: in the industry almost from the start, right? We had, you know, way back in the day, we had these print ads that Mm. were to everybody, right? And then we started to get smarter with our digital media, mm-hmm. which brings that, you know, your ability to target and see the audience a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. And then we get, you know, geo-targeted, right? We just continue to get closer and closer to yeah. finding a specific yeah. audience. And I think that's part of what AI's doing and what you're talking about is, Giving you the ability to create mm-hmm. twenty versions, thirty mm-hmm. versions, mm-hmm. forty to find those specific, and it's you know moving us away from that shotgun approach. I know I'll have X amount of money, mm-hmm. and I know I need this specific person. Let me make sure those two come together at yeah. to a point. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, from iteration through specificity, I mm-hmm. mean AI is helping us do that. Yep, it's, and it makes it does make the work better because mm-hmm. if you take an
1: art director you know, tend to be generalists. Nice. That's art history. Where do all these styles come from? Yeah. Where do they originate? That's that drives your prompts. That's really interesting. And yeah. so I there could be this you know, all those art history majors out there, like this is your time yeah, because you're learning about the origin of all art styles yeah. and that gives you a wonderful lexicon to work with when it comes to building prompts that's, and trying to that's create a
0: things. a really interesting shift from an art director being a pixel pusher on one end uh-huh. all the way through what you're talking about. Just yeah. You have to have the right prompts and yeah. you have to know, hey, give me an art deco style from the 30s mm-hmm. that matches X, Y, and Z because yeah. you as the art director know that matches the brand. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really smart. And if I'm going to come up with something, I need to do research on the visual Absolutely. style that I'm
1: approaching. And then that, you know, now that you have ChatGPT, you can do those searches super fast. You can find right. out what's the what's a good style for blank, you know? Yes. And it'll give you all kinds of art styles that are work for a particular emotion. And it's not that you're having ChatGPT tell you this stuff. I'm asking ChatGPT to teach me some stuff. Right. You know, because I, I don't have an art history degree, but with the, some good prompts in ChatGPT, I can
0: act like I do <laughs> pretty quick yeah and we we've talked a lot about chat gpt uh, you know we were kind of talking before this about some other programs and yeah. things and mm-hmm. you know what are some of the other other program softwares websites things yeah. you're using i
1: mean MidJourneys is great and the in the latest version brings a lot of a lot of new power to control the images that mm-hmm. you're building there's a there's a app called crea there's an ai app it does a couple things it lets you on the left you'll have a window you can draw in you know, you can change the size of your brush, really crude yeah. drawing. And on the right, you have the image, and you the have a prompt image. below. And so I could type in, you know, man standing on a mountain, and then it will put a man on a mountain, and then I could draw the mountain and add clouds. Like draw like a little Ooh, white squiggly yes. in the sky, yeah. and boom, a cloud appears. Wow. I can draw, okay, I'm going to have a little plane draw, and then boom, a plane appears. And you'll see this really crude drawing on the left that looks like a... Preschool kid made it. And then on the right you'll see how it, that has been instantly rendered into something, you know, beautiful and something amazing. usable. Yeah. yeah right. And the render time is super fast. So it's it's it happens as you're doing it. So you don't have like the two minute wait that you right. normally have with like a mid journey. That's really cool. The ability to rotoscope things out on a green screen is amazing. Something that might have cost you fifteen thousand dollars yes. literally two months ago. Yep. Now you can do for almost zero dollars. It's really remarkable, if and they're putting
0: were, it in everybody's hands too. That's everybody's the hands, the part. yeah, yeah.
1: You're being it, democratized yeah. in a way that you know. As an art director, you know. you, you marshal these people that are specialists in yep. a lot of lovely art forms. And now the AI is providing that to you. So, you know, an art director has no excuse not to make some amazing stuff right. out there because there's a lot you can do. And now you look at runway. I could take any image and start adding video to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason you can't
0: create a, a video. I think it you kinda spark something in my brain about how ADs now have more control in uh-huh. reality. Like yeah. as you think about it, it's mm-hmm. not a it feels like it's less about hand skills mm-hmm. and that, but the control of You know, where, like you said, we would normally outsource to whoever about green screening X, Y, and Z, but I need a zoo in the background. Yeah. Well, now you can get specific and kind of Uh make it yourself, mock it up yourself. That's right. So it all falls on the AD Mm -hmm. now, so they've got Mm -hmm. more control. Yeah. That's very interesting. It is this sort of getting things out of the
1: way between the person having the idea and the ability to execute it. Yes. And and you go to the desktop revolution in the early 90s when Photoshop came out and all these, you know, these things. Well, that made things easier for people. There there were less pieces. You don't have to work with a bunch of typesetters. And now, it's just been reduced even more dramatically than it has. And all the people that worked on the giant printing press might have had thirty people running it. Now it's two. You know, that was a shift that happened back then. And and we'll see a similar. We'll see a similar. It's like mental manual labor. That idea of dumb work. You know, it's it's still manual labor.
0: The detail of selecting something on on an on an image or yeah. I think you hit on something interesting, too, around staffing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think staffing looks like in a creative department in five years, ten years, you know? Are we going to see a huge reduction in force, or are we going to see more generalists, you think? I I don't know. I'm not sure. The hunger for stuff doesn't end. It (laughs) it seems to
1: be growing, you know? Of course. The need for content is never ending, and so I I don't think it's like people's jobs are going to go away the people that aren't engaging with AI are going to really struggle, go five years down the road, and there's no room for somebody who has not embraced these tools.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially at the speed these tools are changing, yeah. right? Like, we talked about mid-journey image creation, that and that was one of the first ones, and I saw that just recently, BARD, Google's BARD, uh-huh. started their own image creation, like within BARD, where you can, say, generate an image of a guy playing basketball, yeah, yeah. and it'll pull something up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you right now, it's not great. It's yeah. not great yet. And that's the funny thing because
1: I know that there were some questions you wanted to ask around ethics. And yes. You know, there is the more legally protected, more legally
0: safe an AI generation tool mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. less good it is. Mm. The Bard thing, they specifically, when I started messing with it a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. they said that they're not using a pixel tracker as much as an embedded pixel kind of thing oh, where they, they can run it. Really it. Is. They can run it through, and there's a name for it that I yeah. don't have off the top of my head. They can run it through X service, and it'll tell you if it's an AI generated image or not. Yeah. But I think you're you're right. It gets into that gray, weird, muddy area where, sure, I got it from ChatGPT, but my goodness, it looks like a Banksy. You know. Yeah. Then then what do you do? Yeah. Right? And so that's definitely one of the p- potential pitfalls of using AI in your ads. Are there any other anything else on your on your head around like concerning AI? Any concerns around? Oh, the future of that and advertising? I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about mm-hmm. all, all
1: these things. There is, you know, all, like any technology that'll be used for good and it'll be used for bad. And
0: yeah. I think if you just keep your mind on the good stuff and that's where you live. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I do wonder about that because I was playing with the Bard mm-hmm. Image Generation mm-hmm. and I typed in there, I said, a basketball player uh, flying through the air dunking mm-hmm. on a giraffe. Yeah. Like, just to see what it would yeah. do. And it wouldn't give me an image back because it said, uh, something about harm to animals so you'll get reported to the legal bots if you if you put that stuff in there interesting yeah yeah, yeah i didn't I, think about that and i had a
1: there was a musician that i helped with their 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 brand and their look for their album release and he wanted an image that was classily done but still technically like a like a, almost like a warholian version of a mm. semi-nude sort of situation sure. and yeah mid-journey was not having
0: that I said, so. no thank you i think we saw that recently with some taylor swift stuff where she <laughs> Was pretty upset about some AI generated images of herself, mm-hmm. partially nude, I believe. And, oh, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: and, and the whole, whole strikes, all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of fear out there, and, and most of the fear comes from people that have really strong IP, and, they, and that's
0: made their livelihoods, and they don't want that to be taken from them. That's, yeah. it, I guess, yeah, and I guess, how do you police that, right? And who's yeah. responsible to police that? Is it the provider of the AI? Is it you as the user? Is mm-hmm. it the client, right? Like, I think about, we t- even when we talk about legal concerns, a lot of the times as an agency, mm-hmm. you're on the hook for it, but not nearly as much as your client, Yeah, you know, when things yeah. blow back.
1: I think the way that, you know, someone that has significant IP that really wants to police it, and talk about Taylor Swift, probably can have some really smart lawyers that have really smart tools that will scour the... What, AI bots tools. That's, yeah. <laughs> They'll have AI bots that scour the internet looking for images and references mm. name and likeness type violations totally. and then the next thing you know uh, a season assist is drafted up by an AI it's it's stamped and shipped by an AI go, go. it finds you and all of a sudden
0: boom they've caught you you know they know what you're doing and they're telling you to stop using it one of my la- my last question here is just generally like what are your hopes For the future of advertising and AI, more adoption.
1: New storytelling formats. Mm. New Mm. storytelling. New ways to tell stories that we hadn't thought of. New twists on telling stories. There's a guy named Brian Carney. He's got a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel called Shorts by Brian, I think. And he's doing. He's taking. You know, podcasts has become a new way for us to consume. Sure. New. It's you know, almost twenty years old now, but. It's, we list, we consume more hours of podcasts than a lot of other entertainment. Well, what Brian has done is he's written fake podcasts. Mm. Uh, like, you know, you'll have the, the guy who worked at Area 51 and he's talking to Joe Rogan about all the crazy stuff he saw. Sure. It's those style of podcasts telling these amazing science fiction stories from the perspective of a character that's talking to a podcast host. What's amazing about it is two things. One, the stories are really fun if you're a sci-fi person. The other thing is, he replicates, he uses AI voiceovers mm, mm. to use popular characters oh, from yeah. the podcast universe. <laughs> and so he might have uh, Elon Musk or Joe Rogan voice interviewing this person who's very conversationally telling what happened to him, how he's kidnapped by the CIA. Uh, they threw him out of a helicopter with a backpack on, uh, with a with parachute on, he landed in the middle of his tribe. Finds this guy that's a survivor, and he's like, "You're not even on Earth, buddy. You're on the other side of the cosmos." Like, there's really uh-huh. cool uh-huh. little stories that play out, and it is just as engaging. And it sounds like when I first saw it, I was like, "Is what? What Joe? What?" You know, I'm not I'm not an avid Joe Rogan listener, but I was like, "What Joe Rogan podcast did this come from?" Because I need to hear the whole thing yeah. before I realize, "Oh, oh, this is all fiction."
0: Yeah.
1: And then the second thing that's cool about it is he uh, uses AI to create the pictures, the visuals of the story that he's telling. Got so right, it cuts yeah. from. You know, a shot of Joe Rogan sitting there and then it goes into all these other pictures. So it yeah. kind of bounces back and forth between, you know, found images or, or stolen images from Joe. And then, and then these beautiful pictures that outline the story. And I'm like, what a great, what a great move for a writer. yeah. You know, what a cool way to tell yeah. the story. I could just say, here's my story and here's all these things happening, but meld it into a new format like podcasting and then use AI to bring it to life a little yeah. bit
0: more and I'm hooked, you know. Wow.
1: And so where where else could that happen? Where else could that take right. place?
0: And that goes back to what you said earlier about things being closer. I think, you know, as creatives, that's mm-hmm. it's a playground. It's like it's going to change the way that work is done. It's yep. going to change the way everything is done. I you talk it. to
1: any VFX company and AI is already infused in everything they're doing mm-hmm. and it's this weird time where Who's gonna who, Who's gonna own who out of all this? Is Midjourney gonna get big enough to buy Adobe? Like I can really see that being a thing. absolutely. 100%. It's the AI
0: arms race right now. Yeah, and whoever and, comes out on top is gonna be the mm-hmm. big winner.
1: If Google wants to buy Midjourney, Midjourney is there's 11 people that work at Midjourney. 11, <laughs> and they're making. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's a billion. Why would they sell to Google? Why? Why would you do it? No. There's no payout. Over time, you're going to make so much money over the years, you know? Yeah. So
0: it's a fascinating time. I'm excited to see where it all goes. It's going to be whoever puts together the easiest-to-use package all in Mm -hmm. one place, Mm -hmm. you know? That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been an exciting time. We're passionate about AI. We know it's growing. We know it's not stopping. And I mean, we're recording here today on February 2nd. By February 3rd... Who knows? Who knows? Right? It's changing day uh-huh. to day. Uh-huh. Yeah, all these tools are out there. I think continue we'll continue to to, to teach ourselves things. Just don't never know. stop that. Never. that Never stop dabbling. Always be dabbling. That should be... <laughs> ABD. <laughs> ABD. That's, what the, that's what we say. ABD. Always and that, be dabbling. That may be the uh, the title of this podcast. Yeah. Always be dabbling, because that's really the key as we continue to learn about AI. Well, I appreciate, Brian, I appreciate you sitting down with me and talking AI. We're going to sign off here today. Please like, share, tell your friends to to find the Loud and Clear podcast from Lerma on whatever you're listening to right now Spotify, iTunes, whatever your podcatcher jam is. Tell your friends to listen to Loud and Clear. Um, I'm here with Brian Leonard. Thank you so much. And I'm Matt Vellan-Wave, and we're signing off. Have a great day, y'all. Bye.